Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we'll roll through here with some of the games that we didn't get to with our previous segments here as I finish up this Thursday edition of the show. And, of course, as you know, on Friday, Westgate Super Contest Selection Segment for Week 7 and Brent with the odds report from DSI Sportsbook. So no other time to talk college here on the show, at least not break down some of these games. So I'll do it here to finish up the program. Thursday night, couple of games here that we've talked about already, but I'll just refresh your memory on them. 305, 306, Louisiana and Arkansas State. Do like Arkansas State a little bit here in this game. Obviously very, very worried about their defense or lack thereof, I guess I should say. My line on this game, though, is four and a half. So I do kind of like Arkansas State a little bit. If we get up and touch seven, now, of course, the problem being that we touched 17 yesterday for South Alabama and Troy. I took South Alabama in that one. Wrong side, to some degree, maybe a little bit of a bad beat, especially if you got the 17 and a half. Uh, but, you know, tonight's game, I think maybe Arkansas State keeps it a little bit more respectable. But again, obviously, some big time concerns with them. UCLA and Stanford game we talked about on yesterday's show with Wes Reynolds. Davis Mills not going to play for Stanford. They're down to a third-string quarterback, hence the move down here to three-and-a-half, even some threes popping up out there in the marketplace. Not a game that I have a whole lot of interest in here uh, for this Week 8 card. Georgia Tech and Miami as we move ahead to Saturday here. Miami an 18 or an 18-and-a-half-point favorite. Total of 45 in this one on Georgia Tech last week. Their defense is just, it, it's not good. You know, they give up a lot of big plays. They can't get off the field. Their special teams aren't particularly strong. Not a whole lot to like about Georgia Tech, but Miami's special teams are absolutely terrible. So maybe Georgia Tech here, a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of an opportunity to keep this game close. My number on this game here this week is Miami minus 19. So Pretty much in line with the market, pretty much in line with where the openers were for that game, but I just don't have any interest in, in playing Miami here. It would be Georgia Tech or nothing for me, especially if you're in an ATS pool or something like that where you've got that type of game. Uh, again, Georgia Tech or nothing for me, especially get some correlation there with the low total, the high spread. Got to look a little bit at the Georgia Tech side for those reasons, but again, uh, not a game that really jumps off the page too much to me. Buffalo and Akron, 325-326 here in the Rubber City. Buffalo opened an 18-point favorite, lined down to 17.5 now. And the only way I could go in this game is to take the Akron side. My number is 16.5 here, so not that far off from the market, especially when you start talking about the lack of key numbers uh, up there in double digits. But 
Look, is Akron awful? Yes. Akron is one of the worst teams in college football. They're 129th in my power ratings. They're 129th in a lot of people's power ratings. But this Buffalo team here, it's not like they're particularly good. They're running the football a ton, 103rd in yards per play on offense with 5.12. Their special teams are a complete and utter dumpster fire. They've got a backup quarterback punting for them, who, by the way, is questionable here this week. And this Buffalo team, you know, they just they don't stand out really in any particular way. Now, Akron is not good. I get it. I fully understand that. But you would think, coming off of the embarrassment of losing the wagon wheel game at home as badly as the Zips did, you got to think they wake up a little bit for this game. I think they're going to be in it. I hope they cover the number. I would take Akron plus 17 and a half as I go through the card. Maybe this is a game that I do potentially wind up being on. Uh, but, you know, again, obviously a very tough bet to make. But like Brian Leonard talked about on yesterday's show, some of these historically bad teams, these really, really awful teams from a power rating standpoint. And Brad just mentioned it in the previous segment, you know, UMass, Akron, UConn, teams like that power rated as low as anybody ever in his power ratings doing this for over a decade. There's probably some inflation in some of these numbers here. Again, my line was 16 and a half, Akron's plus 17 and a half. I would take the zips here if I had to. And again, maybe a game that I do wind up taking a look at. Also, too, again, you got a total of 48. You got a Buffalo team that runs the football about, you know, 65, 70% of the time. They've got some quarterback injury considerations as well. Low total of 48. How many points does Akron need to score to cover the number in this game? That's the question you ask. And if you think that they can get there, then Akron is the side. And I do think there's a chance that they are able to do that. Same thing here, Houston and UConn. Early kickoff, Houston, you know, rumored to go with a wide receiver at quarterback last week. Then Clayton Toon winds up playing. Now Clayton Toon on the injury report. They're laying 22 without really having a quarterback against UConn. And I get it, UConn is not a good team. But once again, total coming down with a big number. UConn would have to be the side for me. And it's a very tough bet to make for very obvious reasons, but my number here is 18. So do like UConn a little bit, won't use it in the golden nugget or anything like that. But again, another big dog here that I think has the opportunity to keep the game relatively close. Game 335, 336, Central Michigan and Bowling Green. Central Michigan up to a 10 and a half point favorite here. Total of 53 or so for this game at Bowling Green. And Look, is it a fluke that Bowling Green beat Toledo last week? Maybe. Anytime you get a 26-point favorite or 26-point underdog that wins outright, yeah, it can probably be termed fluky. But Bowling Green's offense, and Brad Powers nailed this last week on the show, Bowling Green's offense looked better against Notre Dame. Grant Lloyd seems to be the guy, dual threat type of dude. They're moving the football a little bit here. Central Michigan has moved the football a lot in some of their victories. Jim McElwain obviously doing some pretty good things there with that Chippewas bunch. They're up to 76th in yards per play with 5.73. When they've played conference games, 7.24 yards per play for Central Michigan here against MAC competition. Look, Bowling Green's defense is, is not completely awful. It's not particularly good either. 6.83 yards per play allowed. Now, when they have played conference games, they're at 6.6. So, They've played a little bit better in terms of a yards per play standpoint against conference competition, but I don't understand why this line is coming down from a total standpoint. You got a Central Michigan offense 
that's really starting to fire. I know they, I don't think they have David Moore. I haven't looked at any update on his appeal for popping a positive test for a PED, but Quentin Dormady is a transfer from Tennessee anyway. Central Michigan's got some pretty good running backs, and this Bowling Green offense seems to be coming together a little bit here as well. So I would lean with the Bowling Green side because I do think that they are an improved team to be certain, but I would also look at the over here of over 53. That's the lowest number out there in the marketplace right now. So the weather's not going to be too significant of a factor, I don't think. I don't see a whole lot of wind. It's going to be 65 degrees and sunny. Give me the over here in this Central Michigan Bowling Green game, 335-336. Again, I believe in what Bowling Green is doing offensively, and Jim McElwain's doing a very good job with that Central Michigan offense. So this is actually one of my stronger plays that you're going to hear on this segment. Uh, Bowling Green and Central Michigan over 53, like the 53 and a half. Obviously, you don't want to take a 54 if you don't have to because it's somewhat of a key number as far as totals go. But I do think over 53 here does have a little bit of run with that 2 o'clock kickoff uh, in Western Ohio. East Carolina and UCF, a game we haven't talked about yet. UCF, a 33-point favorite, total of 62.5. One of the rare totals moving up here for this week, and you can certainly understand why that would be the case with UCF involved. Top 10 in yards per play, 7 yards per play here. They should move the football on East Carolina. And, you know, when you look at this game here, when you kind of try to focus in on it a little bit more, uh, the UCF side, just even though it's a big number, it just seems to be the right side here. You know, they finally had a chance to catch their breath a little bit off that game against Cincinnati, a game that they should have won. I mean, that's a game where UCF outgained Cincinnati by 80 yards. They had 10 more first downs. They were just minus three in turnover margin. Dylan Gabriel had a rough first half. He winds up throwing three interceptions in that game. I guess a get right spot for UCF. I get to circle the wagon spot for UCF. I do like them here laying that substantial number against East Carolina. My number on this game is only 28 and a half. So maybe there is a little bit of inflation there. Uh, but the only way I would look is UCF in that one. 341, 342, NC State and Boston College. NC State up from two to three and a half. Anthony Brown not going to play for Boston College. That's primarily the reason why this line has gone up a little bit. I don't have too strong of an opinion on this game. My line is NC State minus two and a half. Hard to trust the Wolfpack with what they've done, but with the change to Bailey Hockman, they have taken a little bit of money in their last two games here. So maybe the Quant crowd, maybe the crowd that kind of is into recruiting and stuff like that, maybe they do like Hockman a little bit more than McKay and the other guys that NC State has on the roster. So line moving a little bit here, largely because of the Brown injury, but maybe some higher thoughts on Hockman. Again, not a game I'm going to play, but just sort of walking you through why that line did move around a little bit. Purdue and Iowa here, game 343-344. It's been Iowa money here, up from 16.5 to 17.5 or 18, and I think this is a tough one. I got Iowa minus 20.5, but Iowa coming off of two very tough losses to take. The loss to Michigan, the loss to Penn State, they were the right side in that Penn State game. Condolences to anybody like me who had Iowa four, four and a half. Even the fives have pushed out there. Again, my line's 20 and a half. And maybe I haven't given Purdue enough respect for how Jack Plummer looked in that game against Maryland. But this is such a tough handicap. Is Iowa going to let out some frustration? Iowa's not a team capable of creating a whole lot of margin. And you've got a game here where 
The total, again, has come down two and a half or three points, and the big favorite price has gone up. So the expectation here, certainly from what we're looking at in the market, is that Purdue's not going to score. Well, if Purdue doesn't score, yeah, Iowa can cover the number. If Purdue gets into the 20s or something like that, and this game goes over the total, I'd be very worried about Iowa's ability to cover. So, again, you've got the correlation here in the sense that total coming down, Iowa line going up, game flow suggests that Purdue going to have some offensive problems. I don't know if that's going to be the case here. So, no play for me, but it is interesting to see both the side and the total and the directions in which they're going. Texas, a 21-point favorite over Kansas. How do they bounce back from a difficult beat in the Red River shootout game? And keep in mind here, too, Texas was badly outplayed in the first half. They didn't deserve to cover that number. They got badly outgained for the game. Uh, Will they play well here against Kansas? I think it's a possibility. They're not really, and we know Tom Herman's not really known as a guy to go out there and run it up in a favorite role. Not a game I'm going to have interest in. Total going up a little bit, side coming down from 24 Uh, Not a game that's on my radar here for this weekend. It is interesting to see Wisconsin and Illinois with that line going up a little bit from 28 and a half to 31, 31 and a half in the marketplace. Again, low, low total here, given the spread with the total of 50 and a half. Wisconsin with Ohio State on deck. They're not going to risk Jack Cohn. They're not going to risk Jonathan Taylor. Do they just break Illinois spirit in the first half? That could very much be a possibility. It's not really a game that I have too much interest in, but again, to see Wisconsin as a growing favorite in a look-ahead spot is pretty telling to me for a variety of different reasons. Nevada and Utah State, Utah State, 21-point favorite here. Another total coming down with a big favorite from 61.5 to 59. Utah State's really become kind of an afterthought. I mean, when you look at the gaudy numbers that they put up last year, seemed like they would get a little bit more run as a group of five team. But already with the two losses, destroyed by LSU in that game a couple of weeks ago. But Utah State off a bye, first-year head coach. Nevada has not been particularly efficient on either side of the ball here. They're very, very lucky to be a 4-2 and two team at this point in time. They've been blown out twice. They had that win over Purdue before all of Purdue's injuries with a big fourth-quarter comeback. Beat Weber State, beat UTEP, who's one of the worst teams in college football. And the win last week over San Jose State. You know, San Jose State just couldn't get a stop when they needed one. Nevada played very well in the first half with San Jose State in a little bit of a difficult situational spot. So I don't really know what the play is here in this game, but I would probably lean with Utah State off the bye with that first-year head coach. You've got to think that they make some improvements. My number right there at 20, so I don't really have too strong of an opinion from a power rating standpoint, but Malik Henry... Road start, you know, you obviously have to see what the conditions look like in Utah here at this time of the year. I think it's a pretty difficult spot for Malik Henry to go out on the road against a very good Utah State team. So it'd be Utah State or nothing for me there in that one. New Mexico and Wyoming, another one. Big favorite total coming down. Wyoming, a 19.5 point favorite total down from 54 to 48.5. One of the biggest totals movers of the week. If you can lay 19 and a half with Wyoming, God bless you. I can't do it. Uh, Wyoming's had some misleading wins this year. They're not a good offensive team. New Mexico's awful. They have a lame duck head coach, I think, in Bob Davey. Uh, Not a whole lot of thoughts on this game for me. Just, uh, again, interesting to see the sheer number of big favorites here with totals coming down, especially the range in which the totals are coming down with this one really dropping in a big way. 
And also the game right below that on the board, a game we've already talked about this week, Arizona State and Utah. Utah still 13, 13 half point favorite. Another totals moved down of four points in that game from 49 and a half to 45 and a half. Oregon State and Cal. Cal an 11 point favorite here, total of 51 and a half. And things kind of got back to reality a little bit for Oregon State here last week, getting decimated by Utah at home. I wound up taking Oregon State plus the 15 and a half, thought that, you know, maybe their offensive upgrades were legit. Just turns out that they hadn't really played anybody uh, all that well over the last few weeks. And, you know, they do struggle mightily in that game against Utah. How do they move the football here against Cal? Oregon State, 38th in the country in yards per play with 6.24. Can they move it on a Cal defense that ranks, you know, very well here defensively in the season, just 5.01 yards per play allowed? Because we know Cal's not going to score much. If Oregon State can move the football, they can cover the number here. If they can't move the football, Cal can win this game, you know, 21 to 10, 24 to 10, something like that. Probably the game falls right around the numbers. So I think Oregon State has more upside from an ATS standpoint because I see more paths for them to cover, but not a game that I'm probably going to have too much interest in here for this week. As far as my number goes, I do have Cal minus eight and a half. So some line value on Oregon State. Well, maybe I just bought too much into the upgrades that they made when they were playing against a little bit of a weaker schedule. Georgia's a 25-point favorite against Kentucky. Maybe a bounce-back role for Georgia. Uh, Kentucky, of course, going with a wide receiver and Lynn Bowden at quarterback. Played very well, a dual-threat type of guy. How does Georgia fare here in this spot? Off the South Carolina loss at home, by next week, then Florida on deck. Georgia has no margin for error now from a college football playoff standpoint. They will have to run the table, and that includes beating either Alabama or LSU in the SEC championship game. So do they play like a team with no margin for error, or do they play like kind of a defeated team that looks at how long the odds are to make the college football playoff now? I think it's a tough game to figure out because you've got to try and figure out what Georgia's mindset is, and I'm not entirely sure I can do that here in this spot. If I had to do anything, again, big spread, low total, points at a premium, would lean Kentucky, but not a game I'm going to have on my card. LSU, Mississippi State. LSU taking money again, up from 17.5 to 18.5, total 61 here. Very hard to step in front of LSU, no matter how difficult the spot is. My line's 17.5 here. I'm not particularly high on Mississippi State. I don't like what Joe Moorhead has done with the team this year. I like that he's going with Garrett Schrader now as the quarterback, but they can't go toe-to-toe with LSU's offense. If they're asked to do that, as the total implies here, LSU should be able to come away with this victory and do so in comfortable fashion. But again, not a game I have too strong of an opinion on. Alabama laying 34 and a half against Tennessee. No thoughts on that game for me. Alabama can cover if they want. Do they want to? I don't know. Tennessee, big win last week. You know, Jeremy Pruitt got passed over for that Mississippi State job but for Joe Moorhead. Goes to Tennessee anyway. That's a game that he really wanted last week. It played out that way. I'm not sure how this game plays out here for this week. UAB laying a big number against Old Dominion. Once again, big spread going up, total coming down. Implication that Old Dominion's not going to score. If you think Old Dominion can score a little bit, then they're your side in this game. If you don't think that they can, UAB would be your side then in that one. Oklahoma's laying a huge number against West Virginia, 33 and a half. I liked West Virginia last week. I've liked West Virginia a few times this season, and they haven't really reciprocated the love. 
Uh, I can't really take them here in this spot. Oklahoma can hang a number if they really want to. Auburn, big favorite at Arkansas. Not in love with Auburn laying big road numbers here with how Bo Nix has played in some of the tougher environments that he's been in. I would have to look Arkansas here, and, and I don't love it necessarily, but an 11 a.m. kickoff, early start time, can Auburn get going? I don't really know. My line on this game is 19, so I'm right there in line with the market, but Arkansas may be the side for me here. Uh, I have to break this matchup down a little bit more, but could be a game that I kind of have some interest in. Texas A&M and Ole Miss. A&M, a six-and-a-half-point road favorite here against Ole Miss. Total in this one, 55-and-a-half. No strong opinion from me. I don't think Ole Miss is a very good team. They're trying to do a quarterback timeshare. That doesn't really work. A&M has been disappointing, though, too. So I can't lay a road number with them. Uh, my line on the game here was A&M minus four and a half, but I'm not going to have any interest in that one. 397, 398, North Carolina, Virginia Tech. Like North Carolina a little bit here as a three-point favorite in this game. Uh, total on this one of 57 Again, higher scoring games just don't pair themselves well with this Virginia Tech offense. Ryan Willis has not been particularly good. Josh Jackson wasn't great last year. For North Carolina here, I think the bye came at a good time. You, you get a get-right victory over Georgia Tech after three very tough games. You play five single-digit games, six or fewer points over the first five games of the season. That bye came at a really, really good time for them. They do have the rivalry game against Duke on deck. But I like North Carolina here in this one, minus the three and a half. Again, first-year head coach, couple first-year coordinators, chance to catch your breath, chance to get back on track. I like North Carolina quite a bit here in this game. My line on that one is only North Carolina minus two. But again, based on the spot, based on the direction of the two programs, give me North Carolina here minus the three and a half. Also some extra juice threes still out there in the marketplace. We mentioned UL, Monroe, and Appalachian State a little bit earlier on in the week. Maybe Monroe, a side that we do like a little bit. Uh, Charlotte and Western Kentucky, I think it's a tough game. I have a big power ratings overlay on Charlotte, and this line has come down from 10.5 to 9 or 9.5. I've got Charlotte like 4.5 in this game, so I do like them at the 10, at the 9.5, uh, but again, not a game that's going to draw a whole lot of interest in. Maybe I just don't have Western Kentucky power rated accurately. I haven't had them power rated accurately the last couple of years. And sometimes you have teams where you just don't rate them well. And for me, Western Kentucky has been one of those teams. 4-13, 4-14 here. Middle Tennessee and North Texas. Line down from 9.5 to 7.5. Total up from 57 to 59.5. Or even some 60s and a 61 out there as well. The status of Mason Fine definitely in question for this game. We talked about it earlier on in the week. Middle Tennessee is 42nd in the country in yards per play, but they're in the bottom 30 in scoring offense. Now, Middle Tennessee did have over 10 yards per play in the FCS game that they played earlier on this year. So that is a little bit of an outlier. It is skewing their numbers to some degree, but uh, at this big of a number, I'd have to look at the Middle Tennessee side. My line on this game is actually North Texas minus three and a half. So yeah, North Texas, just a team that, has been a disappointment here so far this year. Not really a team I like a whole lot in this one. One more game I want to talk about here with you, and we'll finish up the show. Rice and UTSA. Rice, a three-point favorite at open, up to four and a half now. Total coming down from 45 to 42. This is all sharp money on Rice. 
when you get these very, very under-the-radar games, especially with teams that the public would not touch, like a Rice, this is all sharp money. And you want to pay attention to these types of games. Obviously, you've lost some line value here to take Rice minus three, minus three and a half. So I'm not saying you want to pay attention to it from that standpoint. But if you do your own power ratings, you want to bump Rice up this week because you've got a sharp side here in Rice. My line on this game, actually Rice minus two. So I will have to bump Rice up again this week, maybe take UTSA down a little bit. But when you get these very under the radar, low major types of games to borrow an expression from college basketball, those are sharp moves. And those are things you want to account for in your power ratings. So Rice is a team you'll definitely want to upgrade. I would They'd be the side I would take here if I had to take anything. But a team that you definitely want to upgrade in your power ratings as we head on into next week.